0: sports talk mississippi's brian haydad along with joel coleman of the startville daily news give you an inside look at the bulldogs on the field the court and the diamond now get ready for thunder and lightning This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Thursday morning. We are so glad that you have made us part of your day at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get your podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We thank all our listeners, especially our servicemen and women who are taking care of us out there. Let's thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Nasty weather out there today. That, that, that to me, says you need to treat yourself. By that same token, I believe that when it's a beautiful day, you should treat yourself as well with some Strange Brew Coffee or Churn and Spoon ice cream. Either way, nasty day, beautiful day, you deserve a treat.
1: Every day is a wonderful day at Strange Brew Coffee House.
0: You're right. You're, I mean, you're not. There were no lies in what you just said.
1: I think I might go give them a visit after I talk to you today. That may be a good Probably idea. Probably a
0: fine idea on your point. Just go do
1: a little writing.
0: You know, it's, one of, it's weird because we don't really have anything to do after this. I still have the show to do you know as you're as you're listening it's, it's before we've done sports Long mississippi which is
1: actually your main job yeah so yeah. you do have something to do
0: but what i'm saying is like there's nothing to do tonight like we don't have a game to cover there's nothing going on after six o'clock in my life except for you know the shows that i want to watch so it's weird
1: you could be a dad yeah Ooh. for a change for a change <laughs> that'll be fun
0: um I should take my kids for turning some ice cream. <laughs> they deserve a treat. <laughs> yeah. That's what I should do. Absolutely. I uh, also want to thank our sponsors at, uh, at College Corner. They have two locations over there in the uh, Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood over by the Half Shell. And, of course, you can just shop online anywhere at collegecornerstore.com. Check out their incredible selection of MSU merchandise. Clothes,
1: hats, T-shirts, polos, cowbells, stuff, I, <laughs> Today's probably a good day to shop online. it is it is it as is. we record and you know as yeah, you listen I, I'm, nasty, not, I'm not man. sure what the Thursday forecast is which I think most, it's supposed to rain Most to of see. you are listening on Thursday so I think it's supposed be raining again I
0: think I've okay. got a couple of days of rain and then we'll see what the weekend brings uh, for baseball but yeah if you're in the Jackson area you can definitely go by but definitely shop online at college corner and get your MSU merchandise that you need to let everybody know that you are a bulldog. Yeah, baseball canceled on uh, on Wednesday, Mississippi State versus USM. They're going to try to make that up. Seems like making that up in Pearl will be tough, right? Ah, uh, yeah, kind of seems Feels
1: like that. Feels like that's going to end
0: up either being in Starkville or maybe in Hattiesburg.
1: You know, I don't know. I don't know how that's orchestrated because you know that college series is not really I don't want to say it's not hosted by Mississippi State or, or, or the or Southern or whoever, but isn't it run by like Spectrum Events or something like that? Isn't it some, isn't it some third party operation that kind of oversees that a little bit? I think so, but at the same time, what are you going to do? I mean,
0: unless you can get it. When when do the Mississippi Braves start playing there? Early April. So I mean, I guess you have some time, but. You know, is State gonna want to pick up a second midweek game between now and then? It just seems it just seems unlikely. Yeah. So I won't be surprised if it just gets totally canceled and State's gonna well, be looking for
1: that leaves you two.
0: Two now. games. Yeah. Um Yeah. That's why you just go after like a weak RPI team like Texas Southern to get a win. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. So yeah, no game no game in uh in uh Jackson tonight or in Pearl.
1: So Could uh, you I don't know. I was gonna say, could you tag team it a little bit and put State versus uh, Ole Miss on that Tuesday night, and then State stays in Pearl that night and plays Southern on that Wednesday. I don't. I don't even know what the schedule is. State may have a game on that Wednesday after the Governor's Cup. I'm not sure, but
0: that's usually the part of the season though. You're only you're only yeah. doing one midweek, so I don't know. That's possible. It's possible. I don't, know, I don't know how they'll figure it out. They'll let us know, and we'll cover it when we uh, when we get there. So no uh, no baseball to talk about today. No basketball. You know, the, the men don't play until Saturday. The women don't play until Friday in the SEC tournament. So let's talk a little football today on um, Thunder and Lightning. And, you know, Joel, we've been talking so much. We have really talked a lot about Mike Leach and how different everything is going to be offensively and how different everything is going to be and what state wants to do when they have the football. And I feel like what we haven't done is talk about how much how different things are going to be defensively. And, you know, there is a big change coming there. You know, the 3-3-5 is something that State hasn't put a lot out of in the last decade, or you know, two decades or so. Um, you're going to see some guys, you know, we've been talking about position changes for the tight ends and this, that, and the other. There's going to be some position changes here. Some guys who've had their hand on the ground the past couple of seasons might be moving back a little bit. And so there's gonna be some big differences. What what to you stands out about what State's gonna do defensively? To me, it's it they're going to match the offense aggression for aggression. That's what I feel like is coming.
1: Yeah, I this doesn't feel like a team that's gonna be conservative in any measure on either side of the football. Um I, I guess it, it it kind of feels like this this scheme might would have worked a little bit better, at least when you look at the linebackers in the secondary and things with the personnel of last year don't you <laughs> aren't you a little bit concerned um at linebacker and in the secondary when you're relying upon you know a, a grand total of i guess three plus five equals eight eight of those guys either linebackers or or corners or safeties or whatever does the state have the personnel to fill those spots effectively do you think
0: yeah, I see what you're saying. And obviously, you know, if you had you – know, taking out the suspensions, right? Yeah. If you, you're
1: telling me that I've got, you know – Murphy, you'd have Gay. You'd, like, if they had ran the three three five in 2019, right. if, if, you would feel I, better about that. Yeah, them.
0: I would feel better. You're telling me that you – know, you're looking at what? Love it with Rivers and, I guess, either Jones or Fletcher Adams. And it the also end.
1: takes away, I guess, the number of defensive linemen that you would have yeah. needed, which was one of your biggest Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was,
0: it was an issue last year. And then you've got – I mean, your your linebackers are – uh, Thompson, Lewis and Gay with Murphy and Cole as your dog safeties. Uh, I guess Landrews is your free safety and then, you know, Dansler and Smitherman. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. I like where you, I like where that's going. Um got a text here. Let's see what that we, we
1: did. We're scheduling a baseball media availability.
0: Hey. Tomorrow? Sure, we can do that.
1: That sounds. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll say, I'm saying yes.
0: Uh, so yeah, the personnel grouping, you know, this year versus last year, obviously, and of course, gosh, two years ago, it would have been just, mo- imagine uh, Montez Sweat on that, on that end of the three three five with, you know, I mean, Simmons in the middle and Gary Green. I mean, that's, as as three men front goes, that's about as good as you could possibly hope for. Yeah. Um. You know, Jonathan Abram is a dog safety. Oh, he would have been wreaking havoc back there, even more so than he already did. Who would have been the other guy? Who was the other safety? It was Brian Cole to start the year, so I guess him. And then, I mean, you know, Dansler and Jamal Peter. Oh my gosh, a lot a lot of talent, obviously. But with this year's group, I think you still got some good stuff. You got more. You have the, the the movement to this this formation has artificially created some depth on the defensive line. And by playing all those young guys a season ago, you've got players there now. Yeah. With Fabian Lovett. Pickering. Pickering. Jaden Uh You still have Kobe Jones back. Um, Marquis Spencer. Marquis Spencer is back for another year. Kendall Jones is the guy they were pretty high on. I'm, not, I'm sorry, not Kendall Jones. Um, I was looking at the wrong guy. Cameron Young is the guy they were sort of high on, but he had some injury issues. Alan Love will be eligible this year, the transfer from Louisville. Um
1: so you know you've got you've got guys there that you feel pretty confident in. Is linebacker where you feel the the least confident on this defense next year? Because you have Errol Thompson, and then you have a lot of guys that. I mean, Aaron Brule could be a great player. I'm not saying he couldn't be, but it's one of those deals where you're going to be thrust into a bigger role, and I don't know. I, I I guess linebacker for me is is a spot. I mean, I think I feel okay with. You know, Emerson and Jaron Jones and Marcus Murphy. and Some of the secondary guys, the secondary I, think guys I, yeah. I think I I think feel a little bit better about um, than I do the linebacker core. Am I stupid for feeling that way? No, not for feeling that way. No. I'm just stupid in general.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Um, with linebacker, I mean, obviously, you know, it sort of starts with Errol Thompson. You've got Brule. You've got Nate Watson. Uh, who who made some plays for you last oh, I, year? I know
1: you have names, I know you have guys, but
0: are right. they guys that you trust? Well, I don't know. I think you are going to see two JUCO guys make big appearances back there in Tyrus Wheat, and I think that Jordan Davis, who was the nation's number one uh, defensive end coming out of uh, Jake out of a uh, Colen Community College, I think that he will probably look into putting his hand off the ground.
1: But if we were doing those rankings that we do every year of confidence in every single starter the from bottom. 1 to 22... You know, Errol you're Thompson will be lot, towards the top. Yeah, and then, but the rest of the linebacker core is towards the bottom. Because you just don't know. Exactly. You just don't know. And I, I feel that Emerson and Jerry and Jones and a lot of those secondary guys, yeah, they took a few lumps last year, mm-hmm. but they are promising guys, and you can see some talent there, right. and you, you feel like with another year, yeah. they'll, they'll be better. So I, I just... I don't know man to me linebacker is last year we we were talking about the defensive line as the big question mark of the defense. I think some of that will be eased this year given the fact that you know you're playing the 335 which as you said creates some artificial depth. Plus a lot of those guys have a year experience now, Pickering, et cetera. I, I think defensive line now you're mm-hmm. you're kind of okay. Yeah. And now you're worried everything is backed up. Yeah. <laughs> it's the well, linebacker. Gore where, you, where you've lost Leo and Willie and uh, and, you know, there's just a lot of uncertainty there past Errol Thompson.
0: You're going to need some those, those three, I guess now they'll be redshirt sophomore linebackers, Brulé, Watson, and Jet Johnson, who didn't play much. I don't, I don't know that he played at all last year, to be told. I, I, he might have been one of the guys that we're not sure about that's sort of caught up in that, in the suspensions because he wasn't on the two deep at any point, but you never saw him either. Um, but those are the guys, yeah, that are going to have to step up this year and give you something at that position, and if they don't, well, you're going to have some problems, you know. Because, like I said, I think you feel you should feel really good about your defensive line. To be totally honest, I mean, and that's not mentioning the guys that have not played, you know, that redshirted last season. Guys like Demonte Russell, uh, guys like uh, uh, King Kingani, um, who you know should be a, a bigger contributor this year. Russell should be a bigger contributor this year, and you've got a ton of. <laughs> Guys who've played a lot in the secondary, you know, I don't know if you even mentioned Fred Peters, uh, you know, Sean Preston. These are guys who've played a, a lot of snaps. But yeah, in the, in the middle, you've gone from, I mean, a year ago, before the suspensions, I think we were in agreement that the best linebacking core in the SEC might be Thompson, Gay, and Lewis. And then you didn't get Gay for most of the season, and then Thompson fell off because, well, I mean, it, he didn't have Jeff Simmons eating up two blockers in front of him anymore, you know, and Leo Lewis. I thought Lewis had one of his better seasons, you know, but... It was his second-best season. It was his second-best season, but it just... He was he, he was not an All-American type. He was not the kind of guy you thought you were getting when you signed him, you know. He certainly did enough to earn his place in Mississippi State's history, if you know what I'm saying. But, by and large, yeah, the linebacking core... Which we thought was going to be a huge strength last year ended up not being as big a strength as you wanted it to be, and now this year it feels like it's taking a little step back. What you what you've got to have is Tyrus Wheat has to come in and be an immediate impact guy. Yeah, just has to be that way. And then I look at the rest of the class. You know, looking at this uh, this group, I don't know if a guy like uh, Rodney Gross can come in right away and and you know be a, a, an impact guy. You know, he's a big kid, six two and two forty five. Or could you go the other way and a guy like Jannari Dean? who's 5'11", 185, but could he come in and and put on, you know, a quick 15 to 20 pounds and just be a guy who gives you up some pass rush? Could he be like a Matt Wells kind of player? That I, I don't know the answer to. Um, Trey Lawson, 6'5", 235. Everybody thought, okay, he's going to be like sort of a Montez Sweat kind of guy. But now my guess is at that, that size – Probably going to be looking at that out, and, and here's the, with the three three five. It can easily turn into what Jolie Dunn ran, which was a five one five, basically. Yeah. And those guys like Lawson and, and Jordan Davis can become pass rushers with their hand on the ground, playing sort of a modified defensive end. And you can run it where instead of having an end, you have you know you have a nose guard and two defensive tackles, and then two guys who are sort of ends, but you feel okay with them in coverage. And, and my guess is this: you got five guys in the secondary. The five up front, there's not going to be of the of the six up front, the three three, there's not going to be a ton of we're dropping those guys in the coverage. It feels like those guys are coming. They're going to be blitzing or they're just going to be getting after it every play.
1: I'll tell you, we have discussed ad nauseum about how probably difficult it's going to be for teams to prepare for state offensively week after week. Not a whole lot of teams are doing this either. (laughs) Um State's going to be a if they can just be moderately pretty good at both sides of this offensively and defensively, I think they're gonna find some success because it is a little bit unique for what teams have to prepare for from week to week um I, Have you looked at these numbers of Zach Arnett just uh, how how friggin good he's been the last
0: they've been couple fantastic. Of years
1: It's been amazing yeah um since the start of twenty eighteen. His defenses have ranked inside the top 15 nationally. Rushing yards allowed a game? First. Rushing yards allowed per carry? First. Fewest 30-point games allowed? Tied for first. Fewest 40-point games allowed? Tied for first. None. He hasn't given up 40 or more points in any game since 2018. Um, percentage of big plays allowed? Second. I mean, it's just stuff like that. Like We're talking elite-level stuff the last two years with Zach Arnett-level defenses. And I guess the question is, the million-dollar question, mm-hmm. does that translate at all to the SEC? Can, can you, I mean, he's not going to be to that level, I right. wouldn't think. It
0: shouldn't be. If it is...
1: If it is, State's got a national champion in ch- in the chamber sitting over
0: here. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's why it seems unlikely. I, I think this is a game. If they're a top-50 defense, and I mean, I need to look at what the the defenses were at Washington State and Texas Tech, but I don't recall them being overly dominant. But if you have a top fifty defense and talent wise, with what Mississippi State recruits year in and year out, that's not I don't feel like that's asking a ton. You know, you look at that you look at that roster we just that, that depth chart we just sort of put out there. You know, Love It was a four star kid. Cromedy I think was a high three star. Jordan Davis had offers from everybody. Um Kobe Jones was a four-star kid.
1: Pickering was
0: Pickering's uh, a five-star four to five-star kid. Marcus Murphy was a four-star kid. Uh Jaren Jones was a four-star guy.
1: Pickering's going to be a stud by the way. Yeah.
0: You have talent is what yeah. I'm getting at. So you should, I mean asking saying you should finish in the top 50? The top half of the SEC. It doesn't feel like I'm I'm asking the world of that. All. Sort of I I really feel like have I flipped a little bit here. Remember last year when we were talking about Joe Moorhead's offense and we would say They don't have to be the best offense in the country, but if they're a top half of the SEC offense, everything's going to be okay. Sort of the same thing here, especially now that I feel more confident that the offense is going to be better. Just if you're fifth or sixth in the SEC in defense, you're going to be an eight-win, nine-win kind of
1: team. I would think, right? It seems like it, but it seems a little weird to say that coming off of last year. I mean, was this coaching change and this style change and everything, is that worth three wins? I mean, holy cow. Well, you go from a 6-win team to a a 9-win team just by changing coaches. Well, here's the thing. Cuz you got a lot of the same personnel.
0: A better head coach would have won 9 games last year. True. A better head coach would have beaten Tennessee, yeah. would have beaten uh, Kansas State, and would have won the bowl game. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that that yeah. Coach I'm not a big Dave Bartu guy. I know who he is and I you know, and not that I don't respect the math, right? But he'll tell you that his analytics tell you that Mike Leach is worth two wins, you know, just just on his own. I mean, right now I would, right now just looking at the schedule, I think State can win all four of their non-conference games, beat Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Missouri. They're seven, so can they win one more game of at Kentucky, at LSU, at Alabama, uh, Auburn, A and M? Um, who am I leaving out? Oh yeah, Auburn and A and M at home. Yeah. Kentucky, can you win one of those games to get to eight wins?
1: Kentucky's by far not the automatic W that it used to it's be. Not, and it's on the road. It's, it's going to cold up there. That said, it feels like a game that you have at least a 50-50 shot at, right? Yeah. So there, there's the, a potential there of eight. Um, yeah. And then can you pull out – if you win that one, I mean, and you pull out an upset somewhere. Goodness gracious! Then, yeah. then you're you really you're doing something, yeah. yeah.
0: By that same token, if you just win seven or even six, and then what? You know, first year of getting everything squared away, I mean, it might feel a little bit disappointing because you brought in Costello, and you think the offense should take right off.
1: But from a receiver standpoint, <laughs> I just yeah. don't know. We're kind of going. We're kind of shifting here from defense to big picture, I guess. But yeah. what is the floor? What do you think the floor is? I really think of it's year seven. one.
0: I think it's seven. I re- the, the the games I listed. Other than Ole Miss, Ole Miss is always going to be a little bit of a toss-up. They're going to be better. But I still think State is better than them. So, I mean, Missouri, State's going to beat Missouri, I feel. State's going to beat Arkansas, I feel. And they're better than all four of their non-conference games. So, yeah, seven really feels like the floor to me.
1: Would it totally shock you, though, if they went to, say, NC State and lost?
0: It wouldn't totally shock me, but I would be surprised. You know, it wouldn't be like when App State beat Michigan. (laughs) But it, I think State's better. NC State was terrible last year. And, and, you know, I think State is talented enough to win that game. This is a mid-tier SEC team versus a mid-tier ACC team. Just everything I know about football makes me think the SEC team should win.
1: Does Mike Leach get a a free pass this year if it is like a 5-7? and seven?
0: Yes. Yeah, he would.
1: But at the same time, I, I just don't see that happening. I, I, don't, don't I don't think it will. But given the fact that you're inheriting receivers that, tradi- you know, we haven't seen produce, um, yeah, does he get a year to? kind of start getting his receivers. Everybody and his guys gets that and, year.
0: Everybody does get that. I mean, in most situations, I guess Moorhead what, didn't get one because of the situation he inherited. I think people would be willing to say, well, you know, Morehead screwed it up and. They would be, they would be willing to give leech. but I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna be an issue. I really don't.
1: Yeah, I guess what I'm asking is, is there any way after year one that people are banging their head against the wall, no, saying this is not going to work? No,
0: I don't think so. I mean, unless it's just a, a train wreck, it would have to be. Re- if it was like a three win season somehow, then you're like, what happened? What three went?
1: win season and like forty percent completion percentage, yeah, and you know. you're throwing fifty passes a game and only Kylie Hill has of 100, them. One
0: hundred and six carries for <laughs> you know, whatever. Um. Getting back to the defense here. Who's going to be the MVP of this defense next year?
1: Mm, That's a good question. Yeah. It kind of seems like I have a man crush on the guy because I think I've mentioned him about a dozen times already. But I could see Nathan Pickering really Mm -hmm. being a humongous piece for this team. I mean, he had a great freshman year and really started coming on strong at the end. Um, I don't know if MVP may be too strong for him, but – Ah, uh, Marcus Murphy. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a guy that kind of stands out in my mind as a guy that has the talent to be just everywhere and do everything. So, ah, uh, Errol Thompson is an easy guy to pick out just because he's the he's Mister Captain, Mister Everything. I, I guess I just gave you one guy from every level. Yeah, you know, I don't know if, if that kind of goes along your your line of thinking or not, but the, those are three guys that I think I would. Keep an to, eye on as, as candidates, of course.
0: You know, under Jolie Dunn, when they ran a similar kind of defense, I always felt like the dog safeties were the MVPs. The Ashley Cooper, Eric Brown, yeah. those guys. So that means we believe Marcus Murphy is a real chance here because that's the guy who's going to be doing a little bit of everything. He'll be getting after the passer, he'll be supporting the run, and he'll be trying to create turnovers. So he could have a, a, a very full stat sheet at the end of the day. Thompson, I, I want to see how he bounces back this year, to be totally honest with you. I thought he was down last year. I think he knows that, too. So we'll see how he bounces back, and then if you want to, if I want to go level by level,
1: I, I think Thompson's year last year was a little bit slanted because he started slow. I think I felt like by the middle, later parts of the year he was he was kind of a little more himself than early on. But anyway,
0: yeah, I mean I agree. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's move on over to our next topic, which is brought to you by our good friends. Over at Welcome Home Beef, who want to let you know that this weekend, they'll take 10% off of any $50 order or more that you place with them. So if you want to go take care of a, a nice dinner for you and the wife, pick up a couple of steaks, a couple of those delicious twice-baked potatoes, maybe some of those fantastic Do's hot tamales, get it all for you at that price. $50 or more, they'll take 10% off right off the top. All you've got to do is mention that you heard that special on Thunder and Lightning, and they will... Get you taken care of with some of that great USDA prime beef. I'm telling you guys, when you taste the difference between what – you can't get meat like this at the grocery store, Joel. You just can't. You, can't. you can't buy it there. You have to buy it through the guys like Welcome Home Beef. And they're they giving you locally sourced cattle, grain-fed, the best of the best, processed at Mississippi State University, processed by federal inspectors. You know, you go to the grocery store. Nothing against those guys. I've cut meat at a grocery store. But anybody can cut meat at the grocery store. You just have to apply for a job as a butcher, and they'll train you how to do it, right? This meat is cut by federal inspectors. It's it's as safe as meat can possibly be. So you're getting – you got an extra layer of protection, an extra layer of security, and you're getting the best beef that your money can buy. So, again, go see our friends over at Welcome Home Beef at uh, 329 uh, University Drive. I was just there today. Not at Welcome Home Beef. I was getting my haircut. It's right next to Rooney's, in case you need to know your way around Starkville. You can call them at 662-418-2021, or you can just check them out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Beef. And if you want to place an order over Facebook, they are happy to do that for you as well. Just get in touch with them. Make sure you let them know that you heard about it on Thunder and Lightning, and you get 10% off. You can have the best steaks, the best burgers you've ever had in your life on the grill this weekend with the free, with our friends at Welcome Home Beef. Just remember, it just tastes good. All right. This is the second week out of three now that Mississippi State has had baseball canceled in the midweek. I'm start. I'm telling you, Joel. I think this is a. a it's not a huge issue, but they need these innings for these young pitcher, pitchers. You know they they need this and getting this game canceled against a, a team. By the way, if you'd won this game, that's a good RPI win. This, this they they need to get some games in. I don't know how they're going to make this up. But, you know, this weekend against Quinnipiac, <laughs> the hesitation is real. And I'm like, I literally am pronouncing it in my head before I say it out loud.
1: What's the mascot? I don't even know. Oh, somebody. Let's just call them that.
0: The, the Qs?
1: <laughs> the Quinnipiac Qs?
0: I don't know what their mascot is. Let's find out.
1: Q Weatherspoon there. They're the Bobcats. Boomer the Bobcat. Ah.
0: Is there uh, the private university in Hamden Connecticut wow I wonder how close that is to Bristol well I mean we have a device right here I, I don't, we
1: don't have to look that up who cares
0: no, no I'm gonna do it now it is a 40 minute drive ah right so. next door
1: to ESPN yeah
0: how close is it to Stanford oh that's I was, that's what I'm more concerned with <laughs> we're, we're, we're having a lot a little, little fun here you're not getting this on any other podcast 48 it's a little further away it's 48 minutes oh I'm gonna go down to Quinnipiac, Damn it! <laughs> Those bobcats. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so what I was gonna say though is, state has all these young arms, and some of the guys are starting to to find their roles. Bednar and Sims, especially to me. I liked what I saw to Houston Harding against Alcorn as well. But they have other guys. That are <sighs> – is State, State going to be able to figure this out? The SEC play starts that, That's what I was going to say. Here's the
1: issue. Where, this is where you're sort of running out of time. You are now, as we as most of you listen, eight days from SEC play start. And you now have, at minimum, I mean, I guess you could have played extra innings in one of these games, at minimum 18 innings worth of action that you didn't get to play. That's 18 innings worth of action that you didn't get to evaluate your bullpen that's 18 innings worth of action that you didn't get to try and figure out what you might want to do in the outfield if Tanner Allen is out for any length of time. And by the way, um, as you listen to this, we're supposed to talk to Chris Lamonis on Thursday. Hopefully around, we uh, get updates around on 11, Allen and Ginn. Yeah, around 11.30 a.m. on Thursday, I think, is kind of the plan at the moment. So hopefully we'll get some updates on, on Allen on again. On, on we'll know more. But certainly sounded like this week, that Tanner Allen might be out for, you know, a few games yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, you, you know JT Ginn's not pitching this weekend, which means, by the way, if JT Ginn's not pitching this weekend, he darn sure isn't going to pitch like Friday night of the SEC opener because you're not going to go from throwing 58 pitches a month and a half ago to all of a sudden you're the Friday night ace again. I mean, he's going to have to be built back up a little bit. So by I guess he could come in relief or something if, if he's feeling good. And, and I'm just completely spitballing here, but I'm saying that he's not gonna be in your starting rotation the first week of SEC play either. Right. He's just not. Um so you've now missed eighteen innings worth of action to see who can fill fill some of those holes. Yeah. That's where it hurts. Um from RPI and playing the game standpoint, you can do that down the line, but yeah. but yeah, it, it it does stink that now State has missed a couple opportunities to, to try and, and figure this out. And in the first couple of weeks of SEC play you know, that's not the time for trials. Not, not not the time to, to be seeing who can do what, especially considering the schedule and who those first two opponents are.
0: The other thing I'm, I'm interested to figure out, or I guess we'll find out a little bit uh, when we talk to, to Lamonis later today, is he mentioned on Monday's interview I did with him that the preparations are now in place to, to, re- restock, to reorder the rotation, to move McLeod to Friday, Sarantola to Saturday, and maybe Kessler to Sunday.
1: If you are going to do that, it has to be this. It weekend.
0: Needs, this needs to be the weekend, right? You don't want to you don't want to pitch McLeod on short rest. Yeah, against, you don't SEC
1: want to play. change up his routine the first week of SEC play. Right, go, go ahead and get him set where he's going to be. So, I
0: guess, I guess my question is this: If we find out that that's the case, even if we don't get an update on JT Gen, isn't that kind of an update on JT? Ginn? It says
1: it without saying it.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I kind of feel like though we're going to get more on, on the JT Gen situation because he mentioned to you um, in your interview with him on Sports Talk that he was seeing doctors this week. Right. I kind of find it hard to believe, unless he just hasn't met with said doctors yet, that he's going to tell you on Monday that JT's meeting with doctors this week and then tell us on Thursday, oh, we don't know anything, when he's already said that he's having meetings with doctors. So I kind of feel like we're going to learn a little more. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to go blow by blow inside the arm of JT again, but I kind of think we may... Get a little bit more detail on him and Tanner, for that matter, too, because I think he, he was supposed to, you know, get evaluated and maybe some other stuff earlier this week. So you know, I, I think I think we may get more detail on that. I um, agree. All that said, State's got to win three games this weekend.
0: They have to win three games, no question about it. They have to win three games. They need to sweep this team,
1: regardless of who's pitching and who's in the lineup. And, all
0: and not that. only do they, do, do, does it go beyond that too. They not only need to win the games; they need to show. Some some force at the plate. They need to sh- they need to score run. They, if they win one nothing, two one, three one, are you are you still are you are you nervous?
1: Uh, I mean, for the offense's sake, yeah, of course you are, because they've already proved to be incredibly inconsistent. They come out and score five runs this weekend against Quinnipiac. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're you're definitely not excited about their chances going against the the big-time arms of the SEC.
0: I agree. We'll see what happens. Baseball Friday, 4 p.m. Friday, 2 p.m. Saturday. What is it on Sunday? Do you know? Is it 1? I believe it's 1. Okay.
1: I don't have it right in front of me, but yeah, usually is. That's what it
0: usually is. So we'll see what
1: happens. All right. Guys, have a
0: great uh, Thursday. Tomorrow we'll be back to a preview Mississippi State, Quinnipiac, and Mississippi State, Ole Miss. and. Uh, I don't I, The women's game Will be on Friday So that won't really Work for us So we'll have to Figure that out From there Alright guys Have a uh, have a good uh, Thursday Back with you On Friday morning For Joel T. Coleman I'm Brian Haydad Thanks for listening To Thunder and Lightning On Super Talk Mississippi